0: Hi, كيفكم اليوم عندي live with Raya Khalifa. Hello. Hi. Okay, guys, the live is going to be in English because Raya's Arabic is not that strong. So instead of us getting... So uh, the live will be in English because the live will be in English. First of all, I'm going to start with how are you? I'm
1: good. How are you?
0: So basically, I woke up at 3 p.m. today because my son kept me up till 8 AM, so That's... Same. Yeah, the two-year-old kept me up. So basically, how have you been? How's, how's Qatar? How's,
1: how's the heat? <laughs> I'm in my garden room at the moment, and the AC doesn't work too well. So it's pretty warm. Um, I've actually never spent a summer in the Gulf. I don't think I've ever been here in the summer. So I'm bracing myself. I've never that. spent Aid here
0: for more than 12 years. So this is going to be my first uh, quarantine Eid. So I'm going to be missing the airplane. I actually keep telling my husband, I really miss um, the, the, you know, when you're at the airport, you're like, please proceed to your gate. Yeah. <laughs> Gate 5A is boarding right now. I really miss that that sound. You know what I mean?
1: I miss, like, structure and routine. And I know you're like me. You travel a lot. So
0: yeah, I live on an airplane. But for me to be in one place for more than two weeks is kind of hard. Especially yeah. the fact that, like, I enjoy my job. So because I enjoy my job, I feel like there's a lot of... I don't know what I'm going to do this year. And this is a lot of... The, coming to this part of traveling and fashion, you're also in this world. So we have a lot to talk about about that. But first, yeah. I want... Introduce yourself to my followers because a lot of them like don't know you. Uh, one red, I see people time, talking I, people. See you. I don't know
1: how you read and talk at the same time. I find no. It I don't, don't always read.
0: I I go to the questions in the end
1: actually. But this lady says hi. I, every
0: time I see you, I remember Marks and Spencer grocery section because I saw you there. <laughs>
1: um that's probably true because i love mark's and Spencer' grocery section i love any supermarket <laughs> i
0: hate the supermarket <laughs> but i like that section um so- uh, says hi hi, hey, hey, your cousin
1: oh tell them i say hi everyone if i don't see you i'm sorry i send my love love you so much um i'm ryle khalifa and i'm bahraini but i live in doha and I was brought up between Florida and London. So my Arabic is really bad. So apologies if uh, anyone is puzzled why we're not speaking in Arabic today. Um, and I met you like almost, I think it's exactly a year a ago. A year ago, at, at the Shogun, Shogun Fahad's, um, The when
0: you met no. Christina Ritchie came, the, the, the party in quit. yeah.
1: No, we met before that at a we store, went, in the dressing at at room. At the store, yeah. We actually
0: uh, وRaya, We met uh, We met at a changing room yeah. in a in Kuwait, which was actually so nice. She doesn't know me. I don't know her. We ended up going to the same event at night. And it was just like... And you so were so cute.
1: sweet. I remember we were chatting in the dressing room. And you yeah. were so sweet. We were talkative. And I remember you You said this one thing. You were like, I, li- I live in house dresses. I love dresses. And I was like, me too. I love dresses. <laughs> and I didn't know what you did. I didn't know who you were. I'm like so under the rock. I don't know anything happening ever. So um, it's so funny because me too. I love house dresses. I love dresses. I love like the ease of it. So it was so funny you said that because I hate jeans. I hate wearing pants. I, I just think it's so much more easier to wear like a simple floating dress. So when you said that, I was like, Oh my god, this is a girl after my own heart. You were so bubbly and cheerful and happy. And we were like, crazy, like looking for dresses for the event that day. Um, But it was a lot of fun. And the the, the nice thing is that everything that fit
0: Raya was exactly the perfect length and everything that fit me was too too long. So she could take everything as long
1: but no yeah, I'm so
0: nice gorgeous country. with everything I am very tall I'm tall yeah we, we have <laughs> nothing in common we're both married to people from different countries so she's yeah. from Bahrain and she's married to a Qatari I'm from Saudi and she's married to someone from Kuwait so we're both far away from home you can technically say even yeah. though you live abroad most
1: of your life regardless yeah, yeah. Of no but regardless the world it, it was like a world apart from what I was accustomed to so like I just evolve. I think because I always grew up in different locations, it was not hard for me because it was like any other new destination to go to. So, and I really embraced it. So, and now people think I'm like fully Qatari. Like they, they don't realize I am Bahraini. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm enjoying myself here. I do wish I could go to Bahrain more often, especially times like this. Like it's, it's such a crazy time right now in the world. It's so insane, but um, I'm enjoying being home, to be honest with you. It's just the routine I'm missing. I like a routine, I like structure, and I'm missing that right now. So how's a bit
0: How's homeschooling? (laughs)
1: She has two boys, guys. I have two boys, um, eight and 12. And the first week, they were dying to go back to school. They were like, we cannot do this anymore because Myself and my, my mother's here with me. We're very much strict disciplinarians. Like, did you do all of the work? Because it's easy to be relaxed when you're at home and to just kind of fall behind with everything. So they were just dying with us because it was like they couldn't escape us. And we were on top of them more so than if they're at school and then they come home and they relax. So they were like, we we cannot wait to go back to school. And then now recently, my eldest son was saying, actually, I prefer being homeschooled. And I was like, what? (laughs) And he said, yeah, because I'm I'm retaining the knowledge better because you're teaching me because I'm I'm there. You're on and you're on his own pace.
0: It makes a difference, by the way. It does make a difference. Honestly, I don't think I can handle that. My son's two, and I'm thinking of which school I can put him in as soon as this this quarantine is over. It's tiring, babe. It's so tiring. It's so,
1: that, that part of, you know, when they're entering school is so stressful to like figure out which school you're sending them to, the list to get into the school. Are they gonna get into the school? Are they gonna pass the exam? It's so stressful, it's crazy. They put too um, much stress on kids.
0: One of the girls is saying, um, homeschooling is challenging, but we're spending more time with our children, especially um, basically giving our input as parents to them is different from
1: school. See, the thing is, I spend a lot of time with my kids. I think most people who follow me will know, like, I am always with my kids. But the thing is, I didn't teach them. And even for homework, I would make sure that they go do their homework, whether it be on their own, disciplined to do it on their own, or with a tutor. So this element of being with them is like through thick and thin it's like through yeah. the kind of difficult and, there no when... and there's
0: no break there's no break there's
1: no there's... eight hours
0: out of the house or five hours out of that no. so okay.
1: you're on top of them with everything so it is challenging it is nerve-wracking sometimes like by two o'clock i'm like when i'm not fasting by two o'clock i'm like that's it i'm out i'm putting on workout clothes i'm gonna go walk do something but, um, so it's challenging and it's not the prettiest moments of parenthood, believe no, it me. Isn't, we're isn't all it? angry and upset, but I think when we look back, like my son as well, like when we look back, we're happy we did that sometimes. best moments are not when you're like happy and smiling and on a plane ride going to an exotic destination. It's like you really grow when you go through something and I think we're going to grow a lot from this because we're really going through something and the kids know that there's a pandemic. The kids know that there's something very stressful that's disrupting not just their lives but the whole world. So I think it's really interesting now to see how this generation is going to come out of this, learning how to adapt, learning to be responsible, learning that we're all interconnected. Like, right now, everyone around the world is going through the same thing. You're right. I wanted
0: to ask you, like, uh, I want to know now more about Raya and the fashion world. Like, I know you're part of so many organizations, you know, so many designers. Uh, So, basically, um, I want to know more about Raya and the fashion world. Like, how did you get into this? I know you're part of many, like, uh, you're you're part of fashion
1: I was on the executive committee last year. So this year they had a different committee. But yeah, um, you know, my it's funny. I was in politics at first when I was at university. And if you knew me my whole life, that was like my vision. That's where I interned. And I felt like I grew up in that world. And I know that world, traveling between different locations and intercultural relations and understanding different people. Um, But My freshman year of university, I had this, I don't want to say epiphany, because it just smacked me in the head where I realized I was just too emotional for politics. It was just too much. And my paternal uncle had like a serious conversation with me and he was like, why don't you go into fashion? And I was like, fashion? What are you talking about? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Are you always very into clothes and fashionable? Yeah always. Well, yeah. here's the thing? Here no, here is the thing. I grew up in suburban Florida. So people thought I was like a space cadet coming from yes. Europe with like <laughs> with Moschino and LaQua, they did not get it. So I don't think they thought I was fashionable at all. Like I literally got made fun of by my friends. It just I I liked the design element. I liked I was I grew up without my half siblings. All the time, so I was alone, and I grew up like loving the design element and how they're inspired. It wasn't about showing it off, because on the contrary, I was made fun of for what. Yeah, <laughs> of course. In a mean way, Florida,
0: very low key place. Yeah, not like, in a yeah. mean way, but
1: like in a way of like, what, what are you wearing? So, um yeah. it's not Miami; it's actually Florida. So
0: it's not Miami, which is very trendy and has a lot of. Uh, form. No.
1: Yeah, no, no. When I lived, when I grew up in Florida, we never went to Miami unless it was like to Miami International Airport, and <laughs> uh, like we were in the suburbs. It was
0: not like the flashy. Yeah, the much. flashy. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. So tell me, so you, yeah, yeah. you got, so he told you, you should be in fashion, and then what happened?
1: He told me I should be in fashion, and I thought he was crazy because I was trying to be quote unquote serious. That being said, we all know that fashion is a big, important industry. It, you know, so many people depend on the fashion industry. Mm. And I just thought to myself, like I really took a hard look at what my options were and I went into communications for public relations and mass media studies um, and advertising. Oh, you did, yeah. So my, my
0: bachelor's in PR and marketing and my master's is in management. Okay. Never, never worked in both fields. Worked in finance and then, and then in fashion. Oh, amazing. Well,
1: so that's the thing. And then so when I, when I was, I mean, I got married pretty young. No one expected me to get married so young because I was the one who grew up in the West. And here I was coming back, like suddenly getting married to a Qatari, moving to Qatar with like wearing abai and everything. But um, during university, I am a writer. I do write, I love to write. And uh, I was published in a few publications. So some were political, but it was always lighthearted. It was never like heavy. Never heavy. Yeah, heavy. Yeah, yeah, even if it was like a cultural, um, you know, article about the Middle East or whatever, it was always light. And uh, I was very fortunate enough that like political publications wanted to run it, as well as fashion publications. And I just always thought, I feel like my future will be in fashion. So I went with the political publications. Then I had my two kids and it's just here and there. I, I, I set up a cultural consulting company mm-hmm. um, to deal with like, not just fashion. It was like um, anyone coming to this part of the world who wanted that kind of consulting to help them, guide them, mitigate through the networks here in the Gulf. And uh, I had a team with me and they, it was right when Instagram was really getting popular and I was on Instagram and I was very stubborn, like just as I am now with live, I like- You're, you're so, more... you're
0: actually so comfortable. Like it's, you're actually <laughs> speaking very clearly and it seems like you've done well, it all
1: That's my problem, I
0: talk too much, you know. <laughs> so, trust me, I swear to God, I'm such a big talker. And you know, yesterday I was on a live with a guy called N.S. Bukhash and he was saying that he never- talked experienced... but I
1: couldn't understand fully.
0: <laughs> Basically he was saying that he never thought he would be a listener because he's more talkative and he's not the best listener. And I am the biggest talker and I'm never a good listener. But imagine, since I started these lives, which came as such a coincidence, to be very honest, my actually my doctor that gave, uh, that gave birth to my son suggested we go live and talk about some women issues. And then I was like, sure, why not? After that, another person came and said, let's do a live and then I started realizing I really enjoy this because I feel it's very informative. But I yeah. don't do it about like, I don't just go to my kitchen and start talking with, about yeah. myself. I like to host people that have relevant topics that can discuss. Mm-hmm. And I've yeah. really noticed that now we're talking i'm I'm talking more than i should be listening but in no. general i've noticed that i've been actually i'm becoming a better listener from these lives so
1: trust me i think what there's yeah i'm actually I a very very, a very
0: talkative person
1: i'm not to be very talkative <laughs> I I drop you so many voice notes, so you're
0: definitely. I love them. I love them because I really hate typing, so they're the perfect ones, honestly. I hate typing. If I
1: know you, you are getting a voice note. I'm not going to
0: type. Yes. <laughs> like if I know the person, I'm going to do it. Do I had also drops me the longest voice notes and I dropped back. Yeah. So yeah,
1: tell me. T- t- tell so me about that. So I I had that company, and I was just they were actually pushing me because a lot of the companies that were reaching out to us were in the luxury sector. So we dealt with many things. It was like companies that dealt with sustainability, government sector, property development, things like that. Um, And I just was against it for some reason. I don't know if it, because it was just so much along the lines of what I'd like to do. I wanted to separate the two. Um, And then what happened was my husband was appointed as ambassador of Qatar to russia so i closed the company thinking i was going to move to russia we didn't end up moving to russia i stayed here and um started taking on work on my own and it actually became more profitable which my team members at the time had told me like they were pushing me before to just do things that like were more relevant to my aesthetic what i like taking on projects with jewelry companies that I really um, have a passion for, that they always have um, a cultural connection. It's never like a hard sell. It's never like a quick sell. It's always something embedded in a cross-cultural relationship, which I think ties into my whole aspect of being international and liking intercultural relations. So um, yeah, and then that's how that's how I'm managing now with having two kids, traveling all over the place, and um, it's fun. It is. Uh,
0: another thing, you had a, you had a live with Aquazara yesterday, right? Yeah. Was it
1: yesterday or the day before
0: yesterday? The day before yesterday. Yeah. I, want ask I, want your, I want your opinion on certain things since you've been in, um, in fashion for so long. What do you think of the seasonal buy? Like, for example, now, we're supposed to be buying in June. Yeah. And uh, the deliveries are supposed to, all the deliveries will be late. Uh, the fall shows will be probably cancelled. What do you think of how fast fashion is? do you think it 's going to slow down that 's one question I want to ask you. The second okay. thing i wanna, second one is is that do you think we 're going to move to a, a more um, a, a different fashion world of less artsy, more sustainable more long term more classic because you know okay. i do I have a feeling that it could switch to two seasons rather than four because resort and uh, what 's the other one? Oh my god resort and um...
1: there's so many now it 's ridiculous. Uh, so, so basically
0: the, the four seasons should be, do you think they're going to be two after the situation or is it going to change? I want your opinion on that. Well, I think it's
1: ridiculous as it is right now with having like, you can never buy anything that you need during the season. It's ridiculous. It's not sustainable and it's wasteful. And a lot of the big department stores will tell you like they end up with like too much of inventory. Where does that go? So I, for one, think that's, it's definitely a problem. It's not sustainable and it's not financially, like it's not sustainable in any way, um, both for the environment and financially for the designers and the people who are selling the, the clothes because sure no I one see. wants to, I, it's just ridiculous. You can never get a summer dress in the summer you're like buying your winter stuff in the summer and then you feel like you want to wear like your winter coat and everything that you just got brand new and then by the time winter comes it's all on sale it's ridiculous it doesn't make yeah. any sense um that being said i studied a bit of the fast fashion when i was at university and the good thing about fast fashion i'll say this good point first <laughs> cuz i know all of us buy from fast fashion chains yeah obviously that yeah, it, it created a democratization in fashion. So a hundred years ago, you could easily tell what social status someone was based on what they were wearing. Fast fashion did away with that because now you can have like someone who's very affluent wearing czar and some, like it, it's just the lines everything are blurred out. Everything right now, exactly.
0: Everybody wears, everybody wears, everybody wears mag, but not everybody wears Hermes, for example. And you, you exactly, I mean? but
1: everyone loves that, which takes me to my next point. The bad thing that happened with fast fashion was that it was so fast and it triggered the psychological need with all of us, depend, whatever your socioeconomic level is, for that next hit, for that next purchase that you can like get so easily a pick-me-up midweek, like any other time in the year, which then influenced the high-end fashion brands to do the because same they were before a Friend of mine is saying, but fast fashion is very wasteful. So that's my next point. But what yes. I'm about to say first is that the fast fashion actually influenced the higher end fashion brands because before they were just like twice a year it was just spring, summer, autumn, winter. So the higher end fashion retailers and designers had to compete with the psychological need for the consumer to keep buying, keep, feeling that want. I mean, we all feel we wanna have like a purchase mid season. None of us now say I'm gonna just buy my spring summer wardrobe and that's it. None of us are like that. No. We all want like a purchase here and there. The other bad thing about the fast fashion is how damaging it is to the environment. So fast fashion uses a lot of synthetic materials that they can do mass quantity. So the fast fashion the materials they use are damaging to the environment when they create them, the production of them, okay? Secondly, anytime you're wearing these synthetic materials, every time you wash them, they release plastic particles into our environment, which goes into the water system, and one way or another, it lands back at your table. It's in our ecosystem, it's in the food chain, we're eating it. Thirdly, these items, never ever um, go away. It takes them thousands of years to decompose. So all of this stuff that we're like buying every minute, every minute because they created this need that we have to keep having because it's a cycle are just going where, you know, like they're not really being repurposed all the time. And every time you wash them, they're creating more damage to the environment. That being said, I wanna say this because I know a lot of us, all of us, Some people depend on fast fashion. Some people can only afford fast fashion. The other thing, my point that I want to make before I move on to the good that they're doing, the ethics behind fast fashion. Because it's so cheap, you don't know how much the person is getting paid who made your fast fashion. If it was raised by just like 50p or one pound or $1, whatever you think in, that person making your garment would have so much of a better life. So you have to understand when you're buying a luxury item, who made it? What is the craft involved in it? Whereas when you're getting something for like $1, $5, two pounds, whatever like the great bargain is, what is the life of the person making your garment? The point that i wanted to go on to because i always like to balance things i never like to leave it like uneven is zara says they're committed to going into sustainable fashion fully by like 2025 or something like that which seems like a big feat but let's be hopeful and h&m already has their conscious collection which i actually got a lot of and aldo as
0: well and also aldo just um aldo has a sustainable i think they are I think fully, if I'm not wrong, I think Aldo has a very, has a sustainable um, line yeah. as well. I'm, I'm not so so of mine was also saying, because I have, sorry, I, uh, someone was saying here, I think that fashion has to, um, the movement uh, that is happening in the food industry in terms of transparency should happen in the, same, in the fashion industry as well. I think totally.
1: there's a, other- I, I totally agree. I follow like, um, there's this one Instagram account called fash rev or something like that I, I follow it, too. It's yeah. So yeah. yeah. Take accountability. Like, you know, a lot of these retailers, for example, let me just give you an example. That's not related to fashion, but it's related to every single person on this planet is children in Madagascar right now are mining for something called mica which is in every cell phone uh, screen, every computer. It insulates your airplanes, insulates cars. We all need mica to live with our modern day life. But the people who buy the mica from the kids who are working tirelessly with no childhood, going into mines to get the mica for us, pay them like pennies, if anything. And it's this line of distribution where like we're yeah. here, the consumer. And there's this long trail of the uh, distribution where these people don't know what's happening and they don't really care what's happening. And that's the, problem. They the end
0: product. They just want the end product. And they want to know how much they can have a good margin. Like you something-
1: as the consumer would be upset and would want to hold people accountable. If you're thinking about like, wait a minute, this iPhone case that I have has mica on it, and a child was mining to get this and then that person that distributor will go contact people need to be aware people need to understand what's happening. And more than ever now with this global pandemic, we're realizing how interconnected we are, like, literally, we're all in this together. And us coming out of this unscathed and with less fatalities depends on us all staying home to benefit the whole world so i think this mindset with people it will trigger something to be understanding of what's really going on in the world around them and the environment isn't
0: mica in skincare one of our follow- one of the questions is isn't mica in skincare too i don't know I'm not
1: sure. It's like a chemical component. So if it's in your skincare, I don't think it would be too good. But you you're, I would never be surprised what's in skincare. (laughs) I would never be surprised what's in food, you know, like there's a lot of things in food that are really bad for us, but you may think that it's great for you and um, has bad things in it. So you never know.
0: Another thing I want to ask you, yesterday we were speaking, I was talking on my live with NS, and we were talking about, like, you know, everybody's talking about how they're going to change after, after what's happening, how that this was a big wake-up call, and how that uh, basically uh, COVID is actually going to change so many ways of thinking and how people will, will react. And then NS was saying that people are saying this now, but maybe afterwards it will, it will actually all go back to normal. I also tend to believe this. I, I feel that we make a lot of empty promises to ourselves in life. And then as soon as things go back to normal, we're all going to go back to the way the world was. So what do you think uh, of this? uh, What's your opinion on this? I think
1: if you're speaking in terms of the fashion industry, I think there's going to be a shakeup for sure. Um, I did think initially at the start of this, that from um, a financial economics perspective, like it's okay, things will just go back to normal. But I actually have friends and know people in the States, for example, and in Europe who have completely lost their businesses, like overnight, you know? So that being said, it's funny because I was just telling Edgardo from this the day before yesterday, I was like dying for the 20s. I was so excited for the 20s. I was putting up memes like it's gonna be like the roaring 20s. So excited for that. And then it got a little too real where we have a pandemic, we have a depression and uh, like all of this is happening. No parties, <laughs> no events. No, 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 no. This is like really, this is the 1920s. No weddings. no wedding, no wedding. No, no, nothing, no travel, no nothing. And I feel that because So many people around the world are really getting affected by this, whether it be emotionally, physically. I feel that people will be more aware of their surroundings and of fellow mankind and what people are going through, whether it be... You know, in our part of the world, we're very fortunate, although I do know some people who've had their businesses negatively affected. But on a whole, we're very lucky in this society within the Middle East, and we're very fortunate. Um, but I do feel like a lot of us who travel, who, who go and, you know, to Europe or to America, we will see a difference with how things are happening. And I think that will affect how we will be living our lives. I I just feel like there's no way to escape it, you know? And the way that they're talking now, the pandemic, the virus will not really die anytime soon. So it's something that we have to live with. So that being said, this is like really relevant to you with the whole house stress situation, I find, that people, as history show, has shown itself when there's difficult times, like the depression, people will wanna go and spend on themselves. Whenever there's like bad um, economic times, people tend to spend more on makeup. There's called the, the lipstick index, if you've ever heard of that. Whenever there's bad financial, whenever there's bad financial times, I think it was, um, I forgot the first name. They spend Sorry. on beauty, uh, they beauty spend and on beauty and- um, so, The sales of lipstick rise. In bad times because people just want that little bit of luxury to make yeah, them feel that's that's so, cost effective at the same time yeah yeah. so that being said it's not like gonna be flamboyant super fashion but there's gonna be this desire for fantasy and beauty but something that you invest your money in that will last a long time um and things that are easy so if this is going to be around for a long time we're gonna have to live differently. We're gonna have to be able to come home, quickly take off our, our clothes, throw it in the wash, make it use like wearable, easy with our new lifestyle. I mean, for us, it's easy with Abaya. I just take off my Abaya and that's it. But like, if you're in the West, you're gonna need something that's not delicate and silk and you'll want like washable silk, something that's. Loungewear. Not- I think loungewear is gonna have a very big comeback. And I think loungewear,
0: comfy clothes. Denims again, like things that you wear at home or from house to house. I think also another thing you put in mind, like people lost a lot of their, a lot of people lost their jobs. There's increased taxes. Um, I do feel people are going to be price conscious because they don't know what to expect. Like um, I feel a lot of small entrepreneurs in Kuwait and Saudi and Qatar everywhere, everywhere in Bahrain are really going to be struggling. Uh, Like these new people paying on their their mortgages who had a good, um, how can you say, who had a good income are now going to be suffering because they have to pay schools and that's a priority and prices are not going down and that's dress she bought every two months for that party she's going to is going to be out of the question the priorities in life are going to be a necessity even with food people are not going to buy luxury items they're going to buy necessities not the cool product that's from like la or the organic yeah. they're
1: going to cut costs on everything people before were like buying constantly and it's gonna all align with a more conscious, sustainable lifestyle. So people are not gonna be saying, oh, well that's last season, or I think the seasons are gonna be seasonless or more seasonless. I think it's not gonna matter if this was like last season, this season, for me, I never cared about that. Like if I buy something, I love it for life. You know, like I came to a point in my life where I travel too much. <laughs> I need my clothes to like travel with me easily. And if I love something, I love it, you know, unless I gain weight and it doesn't fit me anymore, but it's usually there for me if I love it. So I think it's definitely going to change the way that we live our lives and for a better, you know, Yeah, I agree. There was a timeless pieces. Yeah. Yeah, so people will tend to want to invest in something that makes them feel good. So when they get something, it's going to be more of an investment that will last them longer, which is good. Uh, we got
0: a nice question. Do you think this
1: economic halt will affect the
0: fashion price? Do you think prices will change in fashion? That's a very important question, high-end fashion. Do you think the prices will change or you don't, you don't see a decline in the prices of a Chanel bag or a YSL bag, for example? I just, I'm curious to know your opinion on this. I mean, I never understand the prices in (laughs) (laughs) Chanel. All brands in general, like I feel that they
1: should be expensive, but not this expensive, Bosiani. I I mean, there's some, (laughs) there's some pieces of jewelry that I got like 15 years ago that if I were to go buy it now, I'd be like, uh, no, I don't think so, because their prices increased like every couple of years. Um, so there's actual pieces of jewelry I have from like Van Cleef, for example, that I got it like 15 years ago and I don't think I would get it like more in recent times because the prices have gone up so high, but our salaries haven't gone up as high. So for me, I feel, I I don't think about so much about the prices in the luxury sector as much as I think about the prices in the fast fashion, because it's so like the ethical the ethics behind those prices just really scare me how some people are working for pennies for items that we feel are bargains so for me i get it like expensive luxury items are expensive do they need to be so expensive probably not does chanel plastic acrylic bags do they have to be like 10 times the price of like a birkin Definitely not. There is something that they're doing where they kind of like, there's this psychological element to when you're buying something that if it's very cheap, you kind of feel like, well, why is it that cheap? I don't, I don't, it's not that special, but when it's more expensive. You kind of have that, like uh, this desire to get it. Because everyone here will say that's not true. And it is true. I remember in Florida, I was at a vintage um, boutique And I collect vintage pieces and I don't necessarily wear them. I just love like Chanel from the nineties and things like that. So I found a clutch, a nineties Chanel clutch with gold hardware, everything. And it was for nothing. And she told me, here's this clutch. It's this much. And I was like, Oh, okay. (laughs) And I was like, "Ah, it's okay. I'll pass on it. And she was like, if this was like 2000 or something and you saw it, in a big department store you'd be all over and i was like that's kind of true i think i guess so. I mean it was like an amazing bag i ended up buying it i was like that's true and i love it sometimes i wear it to weddings i love it so much but
0: um, uh, another thing someone was saying that like high-end brands can survive this crisis versus like you know lower lower brands like what do you think of that like it's true those high-end brands have very good margins so they will not actually Really have a big like it's going to be a big loss, but they can handle it. They can survive this economy.
1: Were they saying they can or they can't handle it? They can. They can can. survive
0: because they have very high margins versus small boutiques and small small businesses or smaller brands. These are the ones that are going to find it hard to sustain.
1: What's your opinion? I definitely agree. So the larger brands, for example, do not make most of their money on the luxury items. The big brands make all of their money on. Um, the licensing that they have for like perfumes, for sunglasses, for nail polish. So that's how they make their money. They don't make their money off of the luxury items and places like Louis Vuitton that like just destroy and burn their inventory if it's not bought. Like, goes to show that they do not make their money off of the luxury sector, if anything that depletes them, especially the couture, because the man hours to make the couture, haute couture. It's very expensive, yeah. The haute couture, which for me, I get it, it's something preserving of the culture, the um, something indigenous to one's culture, the kind of um, technique that's learnt over years through seamstress to apprentice and things like that. It's invaluable, it's part of their Culture as much as we have the same in the Middle East, which we're trying to promote with things like the Fashion Trust Arabia But the lower end, mid to lower end for sure they're gonna definitely it's gonna affect them It's affecting a lot of people. I mean the owner of the modest um, sure I know, you know that she
0: was actually on my live um, Two weeks ago.
1: Yeah, I found that heartbreaking Very. Um, not, just, not just in fashion, you know, there's In many different industries. That's why relating to your previous question, I think it would just not be, it it would just be so natural that we all kind of assimilate into a different mindset with this whole different landscape that we have with us. Yeah, like I was,
0: um, like, for example, my business right now has, has suffered a lot because, you know, we make our money in the season from March to, to July, let's say. And thank God there's one thing I did was just buy loungewear and sustainable wear and cottons, which we did last year by coincidence. So it worked very well for now. But still, it's going to be a major loss for the financial, financially in terms of sales. So we went online as a company, but we noticed that sales are still over, uh, on WhatsApp. Because the older consumer is still comfortable talking to the person they're buying from, so it's still very interesting that like the the older crowd is still not buying online. They they still want that that trust with the, the, the human touch, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I found it very interesting that actually, even though my online is open and I'm supposed to take a chill pill, <laughs> I'm actually still answering WhatsApp calls from clients because they still prefer the, that, that, you know what I mean? What do you think of that part? Do you still see that WhatsApp messaging and buying is very common, for example, in Bahrain and Qatar and the that's,
1: that's funny, that's a funny question for me because I grew up in a totally different culture And I discussed this the whole time with my in-laws, with my family, where I just, I like like an immediate, I want things now. So even online shopping before for me was quite hard. Like I'm used to living in the West and like getting it now. If I want furniture, I want it now. If I want a house, I want it now. Whereas in (laughs) the Middle East, you have to wait. And a lot of what people have done has been on things like what's up so I'll even ask my sister in law like oh wow where did you get that from and she's like through WhatsApp, through Instagram so I'm not typical of the consumer within the Middle East but I do understand that understand and that's, it's still there it's yeah still there. I, can, I, I can understand it and it's because it's it's close you're nearby home
0: business is still very strong here like the ordering on on exactly.
1: Exactly. And, you know, I don't know how people are thinking. I'm definitely thinking with this that, you know, because I watch the news globally and they say how, you know, when this first happened, it was very difficult for me. If I wanted to buy online because I thought, well, this is a really crazy time. I don't want someone working in a warehouse because I have on a whim, the desire to have a dress. Have you been (laughs) buying
0: online now or
1: not at all? Well, on the other hand, I thought, well, people have to depend on people like who want to order a dress. So I didn't buy um, online just because I I, think I had like this conflict in me that I don't want someone in London or wherever to be at the distribution center. I want them home, you know, like everyone else. So um I I didn't buy really that much. I wear like if I like something, it stays with me for a long time so I've been wearing the same dresses that I always wear from my section of my closet for Ramadan. like they're the same dresses that I always wear that I love so much so I haven't really felt you know a negative uh,
0: you have a question here, Raya, please talk about saving. you have an amazing perspective on the importance of saving
1: I do. <laughs> <laughs> We wanna know. <laughs> um, it's so funny because I I talk about this very briefly because I feel it's just not something that people like to do here in, in our part of the world. And as I said, I grew up in the West. Um and I, I I get that people feel very secure and they have like that safety net with their their um societies here within the Middle East. A lot of us are very fortunate for how much our governments help us and how we don't have to pay for health care and things like that. But that being said, for myself, as a as a wife, as a woman, on my own, I prefer for me to be able to have my own financial security. My mother will disagree and will say I spend all of my money on clothes and jewelry. <laughs> so it's it's relative, but I do like to have something there just in case. And I always go by the philosophy, just because you can afford something, it doesn't mean you have to own it, you know? And I feel like in our society, there's like, it's like keeping up to the Joneses to the nth degree. It's like too much what people expect other people to have. And sometimes I feel a bit guilty because I do feed into that probably. Like I do have things that maybe someone else will find you know, very extravagant. But I do try my best to save money for whether it be investments. It's not like to save for a pair of earrings or something. It's to save for- a future. For, we for never future. know
0: an unknown future. You always have to have cash or invest in gold. I always say when when gold is down, always invest in gold. That's my mother-in-law.
1: She she's like, let me go get you gold. I'm like,
0: no, no, it's okay. I no, really, really, I I really believe. Really, there's a guy called Mark Faber, and he always says when, when you find the price of gold down, always buy gold and keep it aside because the price of gold will eventually always go up. That's and so I remember great. when I was in finance and I attended this his conference, he it really reminded me. And I always, when I was younger, used to make money and spend, and make money and spend. Yeah. And now I. I really changed that perspective. So I had I have this account where I would transfer to it, and I have no access because if I want to buy something and I get that urge, I just can't see it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Because I'm I, I'm a spender, so I I, I end up I had to control myself after a certain I'm point. I'm
1: a spender in the sense that I only like to use credit card. I feel like it's very. Most I don't like different. to hold the cash, and when you have a credit card, holding cash. I hate holding cash and I know most people in our part of the world they use cash only. Yeah, and yeah. I hate using cash for many reasons. I feel it's dirty. I don't like to touch cash. I have O C D especially now. I don't want to touch cash. <laughs> touch cash. When secondly, someone
0: tells me can I send you cash? I'm like, No wire transfer. Why are yeah.
1: secondly I just especially when i'm in london it's like it goes through my my hands i feel like oh like the cash is <laughs> just going which kills me Daya, what's your sign by the way i always ask this question
0: i'm a libra libra i'm an aries we get along
1: oh we do okay i don't i don't really know other star signs other than myself and my kids like i just don't know other uh, really well i'm indecisive like a true libra uh, really you're not you're not very decisive sorry so you seem decisive
0: you seem structured and decisive
1: i'm decisive when i know exactly what i want but if i have two things that i i love or something like that it's like hard for me to choose in that sense so yeah yeah so basically, let's uh
0: recap we talked about the fashion business changing tell me what else uh about spending spending how times will change. Anything else you want to add to to give us some info? Mm,
1: I could talk about anything and everything I feel. (laughs) (laughs) I could talk about nutrition. I could talk about whatever, but um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I feel like all of these topics are at the forefront of everyone's lives right now. And I just have to say, I feel there's like a lot of compassion, with everyone and what everyone is going through. Because I know a lot of people are really struggling right now. There's a lot of people who are struggling financially, a lot of people who are struggling emotionally during this time. Um, and that being said, those people who are struggling physically with the actual virus itself. So I just, I just feel like want to put that out there and really understand that a lot of people are really going through a hard time right now. I'm sure okay questions okay some people want to
0: ask questions so let's do the questions yeah uh time to to take questions and insights for comments. okay so what's your nutrition at the moment raya what's my nutrition i'm
1: pretty healthy um and it's funny because like my mother for example we i feel like we have different bloodlines so i have like my (laughs) other side so I feel my stomach is very sensitive and my mother can eat like two bagels, three bagels, mashallah, doesn't care about gluten and all of that, lives off of coffee. Um and I'm pretty healthy just because I feel better when I'm healthier. I don't do any crazy diets or anything. I just like to eat a colorful plate. Color Establish a rainbow on my plate.
0: That sounds really interesting, actually. It's a nice uh, way and to put it. Sugar. Like, I love sugar. (laughs) Someone told you, you have school tomorrow, sleep. (laughs) What's your advice to those
1: small enterprises? Um, I feel that anytime life gives you an obstacle, you come out of it all for the better. You could fail, and I always tell my children that the most successful people in life have failed the most. So if you're failing, um, just take it as an experience. Don't beat yourself up on it. It's just on your path. So that's my advice to give to people on okay. the street because it's going to be what are, hard. What are your wardrobe essentials? House dresses. Anything al- like elasticated I'm wearing now. Elasticated. Beach. <laughs> <laughs> I've learned from living in Florida, do not expect for your jeans to fit you, even if you're at your goal weight or whatever, it just won't when it's hotter outside, even if you have the AC on. So just be comfortable and wear like some cotton, breezy house dresses. What, which Chinese doctor do you go to? <laughs> um, that's funny. It must be someone who follows me. <laughs> um, I actually went to one in Florida But I feel that they all follow this holistic way of um, examining the body. So I feel if you find anyone who's very well experienced, you'll do well. And I actually first got onto that whole avenue of holistic health through my gynecologist in the UK. I'm very fortunate with my GP and my doctors in the West that never push traditional medicine on me so they always put me in that path of like reflexology holistic health and um I'm now into functional medicine which is just replenishing yourself through vitamins and really understanding what's wrong with your body through the lack of vitamins you have as opposed to taking medication for it yeah um one of the ladies is asking so now that you can't go to salons
0: hair nails and eyebrows what are you doing right now
1: well, I, I was always self-stained with my nails. I always did my nails myself because I found it therapeutic. And then over last October, I was in Florida and I had gel and with all the vitamins I was taking, they grew to these like ridiculous nails I had that I actually ended up loving, but I had to take them off. And um, when I took them off, I don't like my nails long if they're not reinforced. So yeah. they're short at the moment. And. As for my hair, listen, I'm an Arab who grew up in South Florida with all that humidity. If I didn't learn by now at 36 years of age how to do how to give myself a blowout, then, you know, what can you I say? A problem. I have the Dyson Airwrap. <laughs> I have the Dyson Airwrap. I don't use the wrap part, but I just, like, I find it so easy to blow dry my hair. And um, I had my hair toned down before all of this happened. So, so it's it's yeah, coming a bit brassy, but... No, it's nice, yeah. actually. We like it. What I do you think of I have more praise than I knew I had, but, you know, I'm pretty low-maintenance with things like that. Like, I'm a mother. I don't have time, so I, I'm just... I do things on my own, you know? No, but it's really nice, Sarah. Thank what you. do you think of fillers? Fillers? I love fillers. <laughs> well, I don't... I don't have any fillers in my face at the moment, but that being said, um, this is probably going to start like a whole long conversation. But from when I was like an infant, I had this um, muscle atrophy, muscle fat atrophy in my leg, and I had seen several doctors about it, and I found this really great doctor, very honest in Florida, who's like now my friend, and. Turns out you can put fillers even in your leg dents. So people do that for cellulite, which is amazing. So it's
0: not just it's not just like a, a
1: treatment for beauty. It also can be done for
0: several other things. So yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, Michu, sure. I'm so pro. I'm so pro all these things if you do them in a natural and nice way. I
1: mean, listen, I
0: honestly, I, mean, I, I do botox, botox, botox in my jaw.
1: <laughs> I do botox in my jaw only because I get like a locked jaw, and I like how it, I feel so much better when I get. Botox. I do botox
0: as you can see it's completely gone but in general I can't
1: i'm do, I can't do botox here because my eye this eye falls i know i've had experience um but if i do get it i'll just have like there's always leftover from here so i get it here but okay. the one thing i'll say is that i had a deep line here um and um it bothered me i hated it and the botox didn't fix it made it worse and i guess like all my life i'm a worrier and when i'm reading i burrow my eyebrows and my doctor in florida put filler there which is a very dangerous place to put filler i'm not telling anyone to put filler there so that just leads me to telling people to always be careful who you go to the person i go to to do my filler and botox is a plastic surgeon who has on the other side of his practice a medical spa. So, he's like the only person I would trust to do it, someone who knows the face because you have these people who promise you everything and you touch one wrong nerve and you can go blind. So, I don't play around with it. I don't do it much and, and I, I think so I, I get do it time people. Yeah.
0: I go to like two doctors that I trust. One is in the States and one is in Europe and that's it. And I don't play around. But like, I always believe that you should, you should like look the same. You try to look the same. Don't, don't change your features. Just enhance yeah, not changing my
1: features. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm very pro.
0: I'm, I'm very pro. And I'm everything. very honest.
1: Like I, yeah, me too. I don't tell anyone.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I tell what I do. I'd even recommend go to this doctor, go to if, if, I, if I had a good okay. experience.
1: That's why just, I felt like such a connection to you because I yeah, felt that the second I met you in the dressing room. And then the other thing I do, which I'm doing right now since I'm always inside, is using my retinols. So I use me a too. One. I'm I do twice a week and I'm using my mask. But um, I use retinol from The Ordinary, which is like pennies. It's like eight pounds, five pounds. And it works really well. When I was younger, I used to spend a fortune on on face care, on on creams and lotions and potions. And you don't need that. You just need like the basics. So that's you what also i need. Hyaluronic acid, and there's an injection I
0: always recommend to everybody that is our age and like your 30s or even 40s. It's called Profilo, which is not a a filler or an enhancer. It's a stronger version of um, how can you say? Um, is it hyaluronic acid? It, it's hyaluronic acid with also some vitamins that really just tightens your face, and you do it two times, once a year, and it make, once every six months, and it really makes a huge difference for your face. And it doesn't actually like makes you look different. It just makes you look so fresh, you know. Another thing, I'm a no, I love beauty and beauty. I'm never many against, but I'm against when someone tries to change or when it. Basically, I'm just against when I see very young girls like at 19, 20, 21 and they're actually starting with fillers and Botox. This is what upsets me. I, I mean, think, yeah. I like I...
1: That's the responsibility of the doctor and I just feel... And the mother. Like, I'm so that's against the yeah, it. yeah, but sometimes people it's do treat their parents knowing, but... I just feel like what doctor who is, I mean, I wouldn't even want to go to a doctor who's doing that to such young people. And I agree. I see such young people now. And I feel that young people, like, sometimes I think, like, does my son think that all women have, like, these huge lips? And i like, it's just insane. And believe me, I've done my lips before, but... Um, the thing is, like, when I did do my lips, it's only in the middle. Because apparently, as you get older, you lose the volume here. But I haven't True. had my lips done in, like, forever. So I don't think anyone ever noticed even my- I've been hesitant. I've been hesitant, honestly. I
0: want to, but I'm afraid. But I want to see something. like generally- I was terrified.
1: And I told him, please don't make me look like a Kardashian or something. No, you look Nothing great. against you Kardashian. You always look oh. great. But I want to see, like,
0: I- I'm pro-fixing something that is, like, very like that's not nice to look at but I'm so against changing how you look at this age and starting so early to do these things one girl was saying I'm so afraid of turning 30 and advice yeah. I would give this girl is that 30s are the best years of your life the you best I'm I, comfortable with yourself so I
1: feel so much better and more comfortable comfortable and confident in my 30s than all of my 20s combined I feel like I had a real more clear vision of who I am in my 30s. I get that a lot too. I get a lot of people contacting me who are like terrified of turning 30. And um, uh, it's, I feel so much better in my 30s than I do in my 20s. And I'm not cool. the comments, but I did see someone say, don't be so worried about getting older. Yeah. On the contrary, I'm happy. Every birthday I have, I'm very grateful and happy. Um, I'm not doing anything on my body to make myself look younger. Like as I said, it's for my I job. I started collagen, by the way. I started yesterday.
0: Apparently, it's really good to ingest collagen, just for your joints and for your hair. So I'm starting because yeah. I follow Dr. Shifa. You know Shifa uh, Lemis, Dr. Lemis, in Dubai. So
1: mm-hmm. she really
0: recommends it, and I really trust her. So I actually started doing it. And one of our followers just said, uh, "Wait till you turn 40; uh, it's even better."
1: Yeah, I I can imagine, you know, I follow a lot of great um, role models who are women. And I just feel like you find more of your power and your strength the older you get. And I feel every day is such a blessing to have. So... I get that some people can feel anxious and worried about getting older, but for me, listen, if you follow me, you know that secretly, I just cannot wait to be a golden girl living in South Florida. (laughs) So I am all for getting older. Like I see. Yeah, me too. I have no issues about my age. I never
0: lie. Like when I'm an, like supposedly I'm an influencer. So, you know, every influencer is still 30. She's been 30 for like, past 10 years so i'm growing and I, I celebrate birthdays and i write my age and then someone told me neither i think you're the only one that's actually stating her age i'm like why you would i about me too <laughs> and then people will say like oh you look good for your age i'm
1: like what do you mean like i'm not old yeah, i hate I'm-
0: that sentence like oh my god you're like 36 i'm like yeah so- yeah i'm
1: 36 oh, will you look so young to have kids. I'm like, I am young. And they're like, no, 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 but you look young. for. Having- now, what is young? What is what is the <laughs> definition of young
0: now? I think when I look at J. Lo at 50, I'm like, wow. So honestly, I think women have decided... Um, the number. It's not the number anymore. It's how you take care of yourself. And by yeah. the way, yes, the, the collagen I, I started taking is Great Lakes Collagen because that's the one everybody talking yeah, about. Yeah, I heard
1: great things about taking collagen. My regime is intense. I have like so many vitamins that I take. Send me, um, send me. I never take any vitamins. I just started the collagen now. I'm a disaster. I forget to take pills. I always forget, really. I only started because and maybe this will resonate with some people out there, but this time last year, um to handle stress I was really pushing myself in the gym and while I was fasting before iftar, I would work out and I found it That's as the a best st- by the way to burn fat well I found it as a stress reliever I wasn't trying to burn fat because I was at my goal weight and not goal weight I don't have a goal weight I don't weigh myself I check myself with my clothes so um I did away with scales like 13 years ago when I was pregnant with my first son and I don't even know how much I weigh now. Um, But I pushed myself too much and I didn't know uh, what was wrong with me. And so I had like a lot of ailments and it turns out I, I created like an adrenal cortisol issue from working out too much. Because as much as I loved it and it was a stress reliever for me, it's still a form of stress on the body. So I was very fortunate, again, with my doctors that, like, realized this and saw my cortisol was at rock bottom because I wasn't producing anymore. And I went into functional medicine where they um, gave me vitamins to replenish myself. And the number one thing was to stop working out, which killed me because I find my relaxation, my, my zen through working out. So I stopped doing that. And now I do very low impact workouts. So it's just like, once again, as I get older, you learn more about your body. And I feel it's such a valuable lesson and understanding and being more kind to yourself, even if you feel like it's so good for you, and you feel so good doing it, your body, you sometimes we can't even listen to our bodies, because we're so focused on like, working out and doing this and you know I think you're like me like you like to do many things you're an achiever yeah I'm always on the go
0: but but you know something funny I I keep telling every guest I have on my on my live that I started meditating and I'm someone that is so fast track and to me this is like bullshit and like it's a waste of time and then I realized that actually it's been calming me down keeping me a bit sane I don't do like the 30 minutes I do 10 to 15 minutes because I started with five and I was like what am I going to do next and and I realized that it actually is something that is pacing me. I'm not going to say that changed my life because I, they say meditation takes time to get into it. But I'm trying something new. I'm taking Spanish online with Duolingo. <laughs> I'm, doing, I'm trying to do different things that keep me entertained and more sane because I, I like to have a schedule.
1: I started doing meditating meditation. a few years ago and then I stopped and I go back to it. But it's nice to have that... Um, Ability. When you meditate, you develop this ability. It's like a muscle and you have to keep working that muscle. So some people will find it very like boring and it's not working, but you have to keep doing it. And for me, what I really got from meditating after I do my prayers and I meditate, it's like acknowledging something and putting it to the side and being in the moment. Which I find so important so whether you're going so now I apply it to like my life in general if I'm stressed it's like to acknowledge that to see it but then kind of move it to the side to kind of compartmentalize to kind of think like a guy we,
0: we, we covered a lot of topics I just wanted to say that I really love having you thank you so much for having me okay. bye take care bye thank you <laughs> bye you too bye